Welcome to Make the Shift Podcast. I'm Destiny Berman, a model marketer and a course launch strategist. After 15 years of leading large-scale marketing campaigns in Silicon Valley, I left my corporate life when I realized I had a deeper calling. Now, I help teachers and entrepreneurs just like you make that life-changing shift from offline to online in order to create the business and life they've always wanted. This podcast will give you the roadmap and the inspiration you want and need to scale your life's work by launching digital courses and online schools. The world needs what you have to offer. It's time to make your specialty your destiny. Are you ready to make the shift? Let's go. Hello, thanks for tuning in. Today's conversation is part of an incredible five-day live training that we've held. And we're going to dive into what it means to build out your course stack to include upsells and downsells. I'll be walking you through an overview of each of these offers and why it's important to have both. I'll also be giving you guidance on how to approach pricing your course. Because let's face it, coming up with a perfect price where it makes sense and doesn't undervalue what you are delivering is key. Lastly, you'll hear me answer a popular question on whether or not summer is a good time to launch your next digital offer. All right, so let's go into what it means to ascend and what that bigger vision is in terms of building out your offer stack with downsells and upsells. You have your core offer that we're recommending is your core value program. And then we recommend after your first launch to extract out what we're calling an upsell and then a downsell. So the upsell is that next level where we're going to move them into that bigger training, whether it's B2B or B2C, or what are people asking for from you that makes sense to continue the journey. And what's nice about this is that typically once they're already fans, they're already in love with you, you'll convert 20 to 40% into the next level. Your profitability has increased because you're not spending more marketing dollars to acquire that customer. You've already acquired that customer. And it's really nice because they get to stick around with you. They get to continue to study with you. And it really meets them where they're at. So the people who want to continue, they get to do so and they're not left hanging, right? And the people who, once you have a downsell, an entry-level offer, that's typically a shorter version of your core offer and typically self-study. So shorter version, self-study, they are not able to invest at the level that you're asking them for and or uh, they're just, you know, it just isn't the right time for them. And so over time, when you start to build in a downsell, what's really nice about that is that it allows people to still stay within their community. It allows them to still become a customer without them having to say no and not having something else to say yes. And over time, the people who come into that entry level offer with the lower price points, you'll convert another 10 to 20% of those folks into your core offer, sometimes higher, depending on what the offer is about so that you'll have this nice loop. So you always have people in your core offer. You always have people who are not quite ready and they move into the entry level and then upselling. And then you'll continue to keep moving people up. And over time, that's really what speaks to the compounding 
Because if you keep building your audience and you keep filling up your core offer and even your entry-level offer, there's always a pool of people that you'll continue to progress them. If you have an established business and you have existing clients, customers, past and current, when we start to look at pricing, what you want to do is you want to review what level pricing they are used to from you. Now, I know that one-on-one services and even packages are very different than what you're looking to to do with your online course. But for example, if you're looking to convert your in-person retreat or your in-person seminar into the online program, well, what have you been charging for that? And again, typically, I'm not recommending that we bring down the price point, but you want to start there because your people are used to a certain level of pricing from you. If you are completely new, that's where you'll also want to be doing research. What exists out there? And even if you can't find similar programs that exist out there, what you can do is to look at the services and offerings that are serving the same audience group. So women who are getting into into relationships or women who are going through self-sabotage and need to restructure their lives. So you want to do research around the services and the offerings that exist for that same audience group, even if you are developing a brand new approach and you can't find you can't find the exact offerings to compare. Then you also want to look at, well, based on what you know with your client base and based on your research, what are your people willing and able to invest in? What is it that they value? Because sometimes what we believe is what's good for them doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they think they need. And so this is a combination of knowing your past clients and customers. It's a combination of research if you're getting getting your business off the ground, but you want to understand like what is it that they value and what are they able to invest? What are they willing to invest in? And then of course, sometimes they want it so bad, but if they're not able to, then that's just what it is. And that's where you can investigate and look at the sweet spot pricing. And then finally, when you're thinking about pricing, you want a basis on value, the transformation and the value of your program not necessarily on the length of the content because we tend to think if we make this program longer, we can charge more or put in more content, we can charge more. That is not the case. It's truly more about what is the ultimate transformation and the journey and the path that you are guiding them through and not, okay, well, I'm going to put in 20 hours of content and if they can get to the same outcome in 10 hours of content, they're going to value that more. So it's not transaction-based. It's not based on length of content. It really is about their values and the value of the program itself. Okay, so this is Oracle School's example. And hers was an interesting example of both pricing and creating a uh, course stack. So we created level one, which she called personal mastery. And level one is all about personal transformation and self-awareness. So how can I use Oracle cards as a tool for personal growth and getting to know myself better so I have more awareness in the world? Level two is called shared wisdom. And shared wisdom is going deeper using Oracle Oracle cards as a tool, but how can I also use it to understand my friends and my family? And how can I use use it to understand my community and share what I'm learning with others? So it's not that you're necessarily looking to become a professional, a professional reader, but it's more about how can I go deeper in the next level of personal growth and discovery. 
And, you know, we had, when we first started to do research, so her level one was priced at a thousand and she has great, she has great brand. She has got great platform and it was still a higher pricing compared to all the other Oracle programs that existed out there also from very reputable folks. And landing at that pricing is one, she delivered so much value. She offered a lot of support. We built in cohorts and in the beginning, it was very uncomfortable. You know, did we charge too high? But based on research, based on the value that she was delivering and based on what she knew in her hearts of hearts that she was offering, we stuck with it. And she has, you know, grown her programs to thousands and thousands of people since, and it's been growing every year. So that's an example of a level one and a level two for her. With Shauna, she had a more direct B2C and B2B. So her first level of so frequency experience is for folks who are also using it for their personal growth. So how can they use the toolkits of enter, of raising their energy and their vibrations? And how can they get clear and in alignment with who they are? So frequency. And then she has a level two where she's actually training people in her so frequency method and approach and certifying. So her level one includes practitioners and facilitators because you have to go through a level one in order to go to level two. But her level two is a direct, okay, if you want to become certified. Now she still has people in level two who don't necessarily want to make this a profession and they're also using it as deeper personal growth, just like so many of us have completed 200 hour yoga trainings, um, not necessarily to teach, but to make that part of our personal development journey. But the point is her level one and level two is a very direct B2C and and, uh, B2B experience. Okay, I want to go into sales practices and then let's do some more uh, questions. So with sales, data shows time and time again that the more emails you send, the more revenue you'll generate. So yes, just because if you send 10 emails and you generate $10,000, If you send 15 emails, it's not like it necessarily goes out 50%. But the reality is that the more emails you send during your sales period, once you've done all the heavy nurturing, once you've done the engagement, it will generate more revenue because you're increasing your visibility. You're increasing your odds of getting into people's inboxes. Sometimes your buyer or your customer is generally interested, but they got busy. They got distracted. And sometimes you just have to catch them in the right, in the right mindset or the right frame of mind for them to even take action. And so during the sales period, we do recommend sending, you know, sending as many emails within the launch sequence as possible versus sending too few. And that's why for those of you who have launched, I'm always asking, well, how many emails did you send? Right. We see that with clients, if they generated 50 people inside the program and they sent four emails, had they sent eight emails or 10 emails, they would have most likely brought that more to like 75 sales. Now, if you nurture the way we're recommending with weekly emails, content webinars, and really building relationship connection and priming, it makes it easier, even though there is an adjustment, to give yourself 100% permission to powerfully invite people during the sales period. That's what we're looking at. No, we're not looking to this to do this in a way where because we all have, I shouldn't say we all, many of us have interesting relationships to sales and marketing. Sometimes we feel like, well, are we coming across as desperate? Are we convincing people? But it's also why we set up the system in this way where there is cultivation so that when we're inviting people, 
it's from a place of empowerment. We're not trying to convince them to do anything. We've given them a lot of connection for them to make that decision for them. So it's not about trying to push people through if they're not ready. And to know that you can't do your good work in the world without sales, right? I mean, if we don't have customers, we don't have sales, we don't have a business, period. And that's really what it comes down to. And then finally, we, in this day of modern marketing, <laughs> we, we recommend using short videos. So making one or two minute videos to connect with people, especially if they've joined your sales webinar. One of the tips that we give is if they were, if they showed up on your sales webinar, they were interested. And even if they haven't taken action, you can make them a short video connecting with them. It doesn't take that long, but it just creates more of that bridge and that connection. We also like to put a chat box on the sales page so that people can send in their questions. So sometimes people just don't, they're not going to go to their desk to send that email. But if there's a chat box for them to send in their question that gets connected with your email address, that also drives and improves sales. And then DMing. So folks that have been joining your events, sending, sending them a personal DM over Instagram or over Facebook is a really nice way to do it. Okay. So let's go into questions. What questions do we have? Let's see here. Raise of hands if you have questions. <laughs> and confirming your hand is raised. So Destiny, a lot of people talk about, you know, you always say, you know, start three months from now, launch. So, I mean, if we're really looking at this time, that brings you into the summer. And a lot of people always talk about, oh gosh, you shouldn't do anything in the summer. And then everyone ends up doing October and April. Yeah. So could you speak a little bit about, again, timing? And is that really an issue doing things in the summer, both for nurturing as well as actually yeah. presenting? So summer is great for nurturing, regardless of what is going on in the world, because the reality is that even if people are on vacations and, and they're traveling, I mean, many times they're downloading content that they're listening to on the plane. It's a great time right. to create connection and engagement. And we've typically, myself, clients, members, we've always uh, nurtured even through summer that works with a launch. Last year, every single month was free game. I mean, we saw an incredible increase in the summer months because people had to be home. So last year was an exception. So I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen this year because some of the no. world is coming out and some isn't. But before last year, what we found is uh, we would launch until early, early June. And the truth is early June is great for many launches, depending on what you're doing. If you're doing detox and cleansings, like it's great for them, right? And weight loss and wellness. And then what we typically do is we would try to avoid July. Again, all pre-COVID. <laughs> and then we would come back and then we would start to launch again, starting mid-August and then through fall is all great. And we found that even launching through early December is great. You just don't want to launch, at least in the U.S., the Thanksgiving timeframe at the end of November and then Canadian Thanksgiving is a month earlier. And then we have, and then you don't want to launch in the second half of December, but actually in early December is great because people are resetting and thinking about the new year. When I say launch, I mean the actual enrollment period. So in terms of like when you're actually offering the course, that's sort of less of a concern as that launching period, do you think, or... Correct. That is correct. Now, some folks have, have gone to the subtleties of this where they found that, well, I don't want to start my course at this time, either for themselves or for their students. Yeah. But 
So everything ultimately backs up from, from where, from what you're willing to do. But from a marketing standpoint, those are the months we've taken into consideration. Last year, we were launching every single month of the year, depending on what the client was doing. Not a problem. This year is a bit of a wild card, but pre last year, we would try to avoid July, end of November, and then end of December. But yes, to your point, this is all the marketing timeframes. Okay. Thank you for that. (laughs) You're welcome. I hope this episode gives you the direction you've been looking for on crafting your latest offer. When are you planning to open enrollment for your next launch? Tell us about it inside our Facebook group, Shift with Success. The link is inside the show notes. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. All the resources and action items mentioned in this episode can be found at destinyberman.com backslash podcast. To continue the conversation, join me in my Facebook group, The Skinny Launch Lab. And if you're loving this episode, do me a favor and share it with a friend. Until next week, your destiny awaits. Bye for now.